Say hi, Julian. Hi. Welcome hi. to the No Friends podcast. Well, no, wait, wait. Oh, if that's not what we're recording, never uh, mind. We are recording. I just want to make sure that we have the uh, an audio backup for you. Mm. So I'm going to. I like that. Dedicate a channel to solely. I don't know if this is my ego talking, but I gotta say, man, it never gets old for me when someone compliments my accents and impressions at uh, open mics. Oh, you're good. Yeah, no, you're very good. I I I thought I was good, and then I saw Gertz on uh, on Double Toast, and then I was like, man, this guy, why why can he do everything? That yeah, he can? like why Gertz, is he better piece of shit. <laughs> that no, I'm trying to can sing. I like Gertz. Gertz is my basketball buddy. We talk about basketball. Yeah, he's into them the yeah, sports ball. That's stuff. all we talk about. Anyway, we are live, man. Oh, we're, we're live. We're recording now. Supposedly. Welcome to No Friends Podcast. Joined again by my sometimes co-host, Christian Torres. I've decided to start introducing people. Like, I was playing around with it. Like, I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, figure this all out. And then I would try to let the people introduce themselves while I was bumping them up. And then it would just feel weird when I right. like, introduce yourself, person I just introduced. So, Christian, <laughs> welcome back. And th- <laughs> welcome to your home. Yeah, welcome to my house. Yeah, no, thanks, man. How's it going? How's it going? It's been, uh, like, I think two or three weeks since we did a last yeah. episode. It's been a minute. Yeah, but there's some stuff in the pipeline. There's some things. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback about some of these other people. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, yeah. It's going to be fun. It's into the world that I've been delving in here and in. In LA, the little sub community that I've discovered, if you will. No, it's cool. I, I told you I always liked the concept of your show <clears throat> because, in theory, like you get to amass aspiring, you get to, you can get like future SNL people on the show. Maybe. I mean that because, like, you're a part of this really interesting community, and that's not, that shouldn't be the benchmark, but you know what I'm saying. I, right? I believe in a lot of the people that I've met here. Like, I don't think that. I'm particularly talented. Like, I know there's like a thing or two that I can do, you know, but I, I know when I see something great and I have met people out here who are just, they're, they're next level. Like it's literally the cartoon rendition of all these things. It's like, man, I can, you know, do this while I'm juggling chainsaws, but like, yeah, this person can sing and juggle chainsaws and they can make. Uh, what's it called? Uh, they can do balloon animals. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm but there's a really, there's a comedian I'm going to have on soon who she's great. Uh, she does that on stage. Like that's her side gig blowing animal balloons. And then she does them on stage. It's amazing. Uh, I have so many feelings about that, but I'm going to push them deep <laughs> down uh, and, 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 and kind of just comment on this, which is like, does that not fuck with you a little bit? What? I'm going to be real. So drinking uh, vodka. Yeah. Cheers to you. Che- hey man, fucking cheers. Good man. Um, I, I, I think for your booze, of course, man. I'm fucking, um, I think like, you know, like I feel like a hack today uh, because like I should have been writing, but I was like, we should do this podcast. You should come over. You sure. know what I mean? And like, yeah, I thought that you wanted to record something else. Uh, well, no, that's in this. the pipeline. I'm hoping next week for the other thing. Coming through uh, the poop line. The, the, that beautiful Andy Dufresne Shawshank Redemption poop line. I mean, is there any better poop line than that one? No. He gets freedom at the end, Julian. Yeah, yeah, freedom is a good exit for a poop line. But uh, 
Jesus Christ. Uh, but 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 to be serious for just a moment, it's like I, I I agree with that. There's so many like when I was in Brooklyn, there were so many just fucking amazingly talented people. I'm sure, man. Uh, and Did it you makes ever see the open mic scene because I know that there's a crazy comedy scene and it spills out into the Broadway and theater because because that, that's the scene that I would be a part of. I mean, the only reason I didn't go out to New York is because I know I don't have an amazing singing voice. But if I did. My, I would be a monster because my ego would be like through the fucking roof. <laughs> and that's the one thing. Like if this guy could sing, he'd be fucking Hitler. <laughs> like we, we we need you to be bad at one fucking thing for public safety reasons. And I've gotten better at singing, so I <laughs> watch the fuck <laughs> so, out. You're gladwelling it. You're like 10,000 hours, man. And then I can. I can I'm yeah. coming for you. Well, I think we're safe. I think we're safe for <laughs> a couple be- weeks or something. Uh, <laughs> Live to fight but day. W- what I was gonna say is, I, yeah, it's yeah. this shocking reality of like the amount of people that I, like I did. I did see. I had a few friends who were in the comedy scene. I had a few friends who were actors, and um, like what it was really shocking to me was to see how talented people were, but people didn't have the discipline. And so, like that's where I'm at because, like, first of all, like my last "Where's My Burrito," the podcast I do with Max, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it ended up being like the funniest thing that we've ever done because the last 45 minutes are just pure improv, like for just 45 straight minutes, and I don't do that. I don't know how to do that, but like. I I've been friends with Max since I was 11 years like, old. Were you guys just like talking out a scene to each other? Basically, like, yeah, we pitched this whole weird thing about like a trilogy of films based on coyotes. I don't know. It was very weird. I keep running into coyotes yeah, as a subplot of my on life. Instagram, like, I mean, that's like, pretty wild. Five fucking days in a row, man. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Are you starting to train them? Like, have you joined their team? I think that they're trying to get me. I think they're trying to that's be like, what you guys are talking about, right? You, you are, are going to join the coyotes. Yeah, well, they, they call me the coyote. Like, I get the only article they're coyotes but i'm the coyote el coyote yeah el coyote so i don't know man but it's like we were talking about that and, and but, but, pause that pause. sounds like gallate el coyote <laughs> shut your mouth coyote oh, like the shut up dude. the shut up that's actually badass dude that's i think el that's what gallate. we need yeah yeah we need dude, that. that's your title for this movie about these coyotes seriously Fucking man hype. El well it's a it's a case of mistaken identity is what we find out man. i thought he was el coyote he was el coyote like fuck we fucked it all up man man i can't wait for the spinoff Gallate. it's gonna be great but but what i was saying <laughs> what i was saying was like so the first half of that podcast though was like a really deep dive on like bullshit creative insecurity and like how we all feel about stuff mm. and max was like you know i've noticed this about you it's like we have these podcasts and i'm always like god that was really good and then you're like was it i don't know man and you know what i find the common denominator is mm. that it's like you're always praising me saying that i'm good so it seems christian that you feel not good about yourself creatively i, I was ready for you to be like well this is why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, I don't want. I don't want to live up to my alcoholism title. Like, I know everyone Dude, thinks I'm a lush. It's just a character. But, yeah, it's just okay. a character. I never drink except for when we do this. Guys, it's water. Wait, the camera's there. There yeah, we go. Uh, it's water. No, but 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 um, the larger point that I wanted to say is like I know how I feel when it's about like I am disciplined most of the time. I'm 31 pages into this thing I'm doing right now. I feel How really many pages are you shooting for? 45. Oh, yeah, like I'm, and you have the ending already mapped out. Yeah, I do. You just have to write the climax, and you know that you want to give it the right attention to detail it requires. Right. And and that's the weird thing though. It's just like okay, so discipline I think is 60 percent of it. Creativity is a, a cruel mistress that is elusive and, a, and ephemeral, and you don't see it very often. It's weird, like. I don't know shit about stand-up. Like, I I always want to preface that whenever I talk about anything related to writing with it. Like, I'm still learning, and I want to learn myself. Like, I don't want to take a class for that. Because people, the greats did not take classes. And 
I've done enough acting throughout my life that I think I'm there. But when people come up to me and ask me, like the only close thing to an answer I've said that when people are like, how do I write stuff? It's just like, dude, you write things until like you look at them and then you write next to it. I fucking hate this because I've gotten there. Like where I'll just be writing like for hours trying to think of stupid jokes, like these little one liners. Like I think I told you like the one about, uh, Aquaman, like, do you think right. he likes to eat fish by the pound or pound fish? Right, right. That that's the product of five hours, baby. Yeah. Like, and but but that's a really good thing. So it's not the same thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Writing, writing, and, like and I do. And I write short stories whenever they come to me. That's the thing. I don't try and like push those out of me. Like I do, like find myself like being inspired by moments in my life, but I just usually let them go. Right. So I'm more focused on stand up right now, but I keep stopping. Sorry. No, no, no. You're totally fine. What, what, what I was going to kind of um, elucidate on was, was the idea that you, you referred to the amount of time spent for a joke that I think in your own estimation is like good, but it's a, it's a one liner. Like, well, which um, I think is different than what and I'm not being disrespectful. I know nothing about comedy and I'm going to make a larger point about writing in general. Uh-huh. What I'm saying though is like, I think that's not the same thing. A one liner isn't the same thing as this like multifaceted. I'm going to take, you on a journey i'm going to walk you through a situation we yes. get to a point and then misdirect right like one-liners yeah. inherently are quicker and it doesn't mean they lack it's, any creativity it's a lie right it's a clever lie exactly okay but it's like the amount of time like i've always described writing for me as being 23 hours of banging my head against the fucking wall dude okay so we're on the same yeah page. it's just me being like i'm a hack and i don't know what i'm doing but i'll write one line and suddenly like that's my that's my fucking window that's my kobayashi maru it's like fucking we could just we can just cheat the whole fucking system, man. Yeah. Like, and I, and I chased that moment and it's like fleeting as fuck dude. Um, and, and I get a hundred to 200 words out of five to six hours of something. And it's rough. And it's like, you almost have to be masochistic to do anything creative because you're, always going up against yourself, but also it's not like you have, like if I worked a sick ass job and I got paid fucking $75 an hour, I'd be like, look at all this money I got. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's the proof of my labor. My proof of my labor when I'm writing is 200 words after a day. I fucked up. You know what I mean? Not to say I don't have days where I write 15 pages. Like that happens too, Mm -hmm. but it's always me just constantly fucking fighting myself and being like, you can't do this. You can't. Okay. So my point, sorry. Mm -hmm. My point is, uh, there are more talented writers than me, for sure, who have more discipline than me, and they still won't make it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the fucking horrible reality of it, is that it's not even always about talent. I think we know that. I mean... I think discipline is a big thing, and it depends how you're disciplining yourself, because there's variations to that, man. Like, there's so many styles to every art form, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no... Like when I first was going into stand up, I said this already on here, I'm sure. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's like, there's no rule book, okay? The whole thing, and some other comedian said this it's set up, punchline, like twist, whatever, you know? It's just right. like you set up, you punch, set up, punch. Like it's easy. That's it. And uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about the amount of people like discipline certainly plays a role yes. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that you can discipline yourself in a way where maybe you're not going in the best direction with what you're saying. Like the, the encouragement around you that you see as a positive thing. Like that's why they say, you know, get a second opinion. On, especially on art, I think that that's important. Oh, okay. Well, let me stop you here because this is what the crux of the first unfunny 30 minutes of Where's My Burrito was. I still think it's interesting, camera. <laughs> there you are. Uh, but but I would, I would say that like what it ended up being was a really like, and Max is such a, 
Like he's my, been my best friend for 15, 16 years. I mean, you know what wow. I mean? Like, like he, uh, he's such a giving. You meet him in high school. I met him in sixth grade. We were in okay. chorus together. <laughs> like, right on. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where he's such a generous and kind person that he always knows like, oh, it's going to be one of, it's going to be a Christian episode. All right. Well, let me put my therapist hat on. <laughs> and he like really tries to diagnose it. And what we were talking about is like my association with creativity. Mm-hmm. My association with creativity is I got to the most horrifyingly sad breakup ever which I like ugly cried about and it was like my fault so it's weird that I was ugly crying or whatever uh, my entire family like I just excommunicated them uh, and then I moved to Brooklyn and that was like alright fucker like sink or swim you gonna write some shit and then I wrote some shit you know what I mean and I was able yeah. to I was in a position where I just was I was doing something creative when I went through a breakup like it's, it's fucking cartoonish dude my friend I had an idea for a short film my friend wrote it it involved me kissing a girl my girlfriend at the time could not take it. I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm, I'm an actor, like get over it. Right. Like, it's fucking fuck? make, make believe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like she was convinced because I had a writing thing that I had written that in. And it was like, no, it wasn't my decision. And either way, like I'm an actor, like this is almost like a test for you. And I was going through like this weird, like fallout shelter, you know, like weird short we did called your move. And it was interesting going through the breakup doing that thing right it was it was strange i don't know how to describe it but that's that's what i was thinking when you were saying yeah well that's what i'm saying it's like well so you were in the middle of something it's like i had written parts of my comic when i was in this relationship when i was in florida but florida always represented to me this like really horrifying black hole of creativity and like things that made me feel good about myself you know what i mean so like i went to brooklyn my association with creativity then Fuck these fucking people, man. They fucking think I'm not good enough to fucking... I'm not good enough to be with. Fuck you. Like, you like, know what I'm like, saying? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, I, mean, I mean, like, everything. It's like my like entire family... Like, isn't good enough to... Like, you're not good enough to be with her. Like, Shh. the people in, in New York are you talking about? Sure. No, it's definitely Florida. It's like, I left Florida, mm-hmm. and then it was like, my entire family who chose my ex-girlfriend over actual family, uh, uh, <laughs> which is fucked up, is right? Is that still a thing? No, nah, I think we're much better now, I guess, but me and my family. But is your ex-girlfriend still friends? with your parents uh like she hasn't talked to my mom in a good minute but apparently her and my sister are still close me and my sister don't talk at all Mm, uh that's one of those things that i mean it's fine my sister is not a wonderful human being (laughs) uh she's fine she's a good mom that's all that matters yeah she's a solid b minus as a human being and a a plus mom so if you hear this, shut the fuck up. I called you a good mom. I just want to throw that out there anyway. Uh, but so so that was a thing. So my what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is like my association with creativity became this really thing that was based out of negative energy. Mm-hmm. Like I like there is no gasoline like spite. There is, you know what I mean? Like to the point where like now I'm pretty happy like i mean depression aside because that's a thing i'm gonna deal with it's it's gonna happen yeah like i'm genuinely happy like i'm in this sunny place and i'm exercising and i'm writing and i'm doing all the things i ever said i wanted to do and i feel really fucking good about myself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but so now and i was telling max it's like what's my association with creativity like because it always seems like it has to be and, and to this day it's like sure i'm happier than i've been but when i write when i mean when i'm in it when i'm 10 15 pages a day in it like i'm not in a happy place like i have to be angry or or feeling some kind of way in order to really create i don't know the, the vince gilligans of the world these pieces of shit who apparently are the nicest sweetest human beings in the world while uh-huh. making dark art 
they're ruining it for us. You know what I mean? For the rest of us. Cause like the one thing I'm really scared, like I'm writing something by myself. I feel good about it. I get notes from friends and actors sure, that sure, I really sure, love sure, sure. about character decisions. But generally speaking, I write everything by myself and that's amazing. Put me in front. I, I don't use this against me, but put me in a writer's room. Like, and I'm in charge. I'm going to be a dictator. I'm going to be the worst fucking person in you the world. So? I think so because I don't know how to be happy and to collaborate. Like, like podcasting is different. You know what I mean? It's fun. Yeah, We're having I a conversation. Like being in a writer's room though is fun because you're all just like you're doing what you were describing at the second part of your episode of this podcast right like you're just you're you're bullshitting with people you're just like keeping the ball rolling seeing where it's going and honestly like the way that you're talking about it, it's you're reminding me of something that i think about where it's like god i i hate how long it's been since i picked up my camera and did one of my little experimental films you know sure like, yeah. I, i've mentioned that to you before but you know, when we were talking outside, you mentioned like, oh, hand me like some story idea and I'll write like the story. Dude, I want to do one of these weird experimental films. I had this idea before I saw giant lemons are now a thing. That will make sense in a second. The movie, I want to call it Lemon. I want to make this weird short where like I'm literally going to chew up a lemon. I was thinking of taking one lemon and shoving it in my mouth and just chewing it up, making lemonade with it and shooting it in like weird ways. Like it, it sounds pretentious because in my head right now it is, but like I want to do something more with it. But I just I want to do a play on this one experimental film that one of my other shorts I did was a play on. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Oh man. All right. So this might be. But no like, just so I give you full context of that, uh, the short film I'm talking about is called Lemon. Okay. And it's literally a shot of a lemon with a bunch of industrial lights around it, like turning on and out. It's like looking at a lemon cloud. And for an assignment in one of my favorite classes I ever took, Experimental Tradition, I had to do a remake or write a paper, mm -hmm. like a remake of one of these experimental films. So I did Lemon, but I called it egg.mov.jpg or whatever. And then I just shot an egg on the floor with my iPhone light. Mm. And like I'm, that's one of my most proud films, but it's like a basic remake. And by the way, No Friends Podcast, super unprofessional. I had like roommates walking through the room one of my recordings recently because dude i don't know if you know this you saw a super bowl jake from state farm that's my fucking roommate what really yeah and he just walked through the room i'm planning on recording with him at some point but he's you should probably get him yeah yeah i mean but i have bring like, him bring him into the studio here? man bring him here yeah, yeah I mean, he's very busy i don't know if he'll have time for it but I'll, I'll throw it to him but yeah i'm sure he would love to do that at some point if he has time yeah but uh i know another guy Who's uh, who has more followers than him? Right. So he's a higher priority. Well, he's uh, friends with him. But I was saying, like, if the phone's ringing, you can you can go answer that. That's dude. Star Trek, bro. Oh. That's just Star ah. Trek, baby. Ah. That's just Captain Kirk. That's whoever scored Gene Roddenberry's fucking masterpiece. That's not that's not a phone. You're fine. Well, fuck me, right? Uh, fuck me. Well, well, hold on, because I, I want to hijack this for a second, because again... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I said a thing that triggered your brain, uh, <laughs> talking about pretentious shots. No, not at all. What I was going to say is like, all right, because we'll get back to associations about what drives uh, creativity and blah, 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 blah. We'll get to that. But, like, your film sounds to me, and it's not a bad thing at all, it's like, it sounds like early David Lynch shit, or any of these avant-garde, like uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, or like... Definitely, he's one of my biggest influences. Sure. I think that Eraserhead is like one of the yeah. best. No, it's, it's a masterpiece. But what I was going to say about this uh, is, is, and I heard this very recently, which is just like, 
autistic people uh-huh. who are creatives, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. are often undiagnosed because autism, as we know it, is a recent thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, sure, sure, sure. like if you were born in David Lynch's time, they're just like he doesn't like to make eye contact. He he's, doesn't like hugs. I don't, you know, what he's I mean? a faggot. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> I was coming from like the nicest people in Montana who are like, he's just weird. He's fine. Don't look him in the eyes. You know, I've, and I take no offense to what you said, dude. A lot of my life I grew up, I was like, am I retarded? Like, is there, is there something wrong? And I, and I've straight up said that to my parents and like, I, I have no shame in saying this. Like, I'm one of those people, hello, who takes Adderall. Okay, but see, okay, well then thank you for j- crossing this bridge because this is where I wanted to get to. But I I'd like, I like I don't know if I ever told you this. I feel like I mentioned this, but have you ever seen Big Mouth? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this, the, sh- the episode where they show the one character taking Adderall mm-hmm. and his brain is like actually working, you know, and then other people take it and it's like a rave in their brain. Mm-hmm. I have a joke that I've been working on recently where it's like, yeah, you know that movie uh, Limitless? When he takes the pill, like that's how it is for me, like everyone else who takes Adderall. For me, it's just unregular life. Right. Like, I feel normal. That's what Robert always said. Robert's like, I take the limitless pill. By the way, if you go back and watch the very first episode of What's in the Box ever, Robert was so like confident. He's like, I, I popped an Addy, bro. I'm going to be so awake. And he just like didn't have his thoughts collected like, at hey, all. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah. You have he, thoughts? He looked like a fucking crazy person, is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you have thoughts? America. Um, What's <laughs> his self-esteem was in the fucking box as we found out but but, but uh, it's my self-esteem in a box but what I was going to ask you is like do you actually think about that have you thought like maybe I'm autistic and I'm not saying that like dude I'm like look because dude, what I'm saying is like the spectrum is so fucking wide now that I everyone's mean, like on I the spectrum said, dude, like, I grew up feeling like I was retarded and I remember talking to one of my friends uh, someone who I actually had on again a little bit chaotic because there were three of us and we only had two microphones but my good friend Megan and Mickey, the couple, I had them on, and I met her through uh, doing a traveling production of Charlotte's Web. And uh, I remember since we drove back and forth a lot, because it was in Anaheim, it was far away, but thankfully she had a car, and I'd give her money for gas because I'm not a jerk. But either way, we spent a lot of time like talking and stuff like that. And I remember saying to her, like, yeah, like, I feel like I am like on the spectrum somehow like I, there's something not wrong with me but like at the same time kind of and then she said to me yeah my boyfriend has said the same thing to me and the thing is that guy is a fucking programmer like he has like laser focus oh on things, yeah hold on he's hold on super fucking smart hear me for a like, second like he treats plants like they're people <laughs> okay good I guess <laughs> your medal's in the fucking mail no guy. dude I, like, think you'll, I think you'll like <laughs> I'm sure I will but I, that's, fuck that guy that's all I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> anyway no what I was gonna say is like and I'm not saying that as a pejorative at all I'm saying this because I have three autistic nephews and nieces mm-hmm. and like I'm very emotionally invested my ex-girlfriend the previous love of my life or whatever her cousin was autistic and was like very close to me and stuff like that so I'm very uh, I'm very emotionally invested in that because my brother and I have this kind of diverging ideology where I'm just like they are just as smart as anyone else you have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to relate this to them like that's all this is yeah I think I mean I I would not be surprised that's the thing is I've set myself up for that but the thing is it's like 
dude, we're all fucking retarded in our own way. Sure. Like if we also, if can we, I just do the obligatory? Like uh, you're not supposed to say retarded anymore. I get whatever, but you, where are you from? You're from DC. We didn't get that memo. I don't think I'm from DC. I, I got that memo plenty. It's just that that memo is retarded. But my point is like, I'm, I'm overusing it more than I care for. Cause I've, I've worked with people who are far on the spectrum. And here's right. the thing about it is if, I don't know exactly how to word this, but dude, everyone's brain is different. You know, everyone sees the world slightly differently and it has to do with, you know, our mindset and like, like ego, whatever have you, but everyone thinks about things differently. Right. And I think that, I don't know, we're all a little bit special, but I I guess what I was asking is like, do you think much like my negative implications, the negative feelings, how that motivates me, how when I'm writing, I'm not happy. I hate writing, but I love having written, uh, like, do you, do you draw on from whatever this is? You're undiagnosed. You may be perfectly fucking. I mean, I feel like I am diagnosed to Greek degree because I see like a shrink or whatever to get my prescription and I see them regularly mm. and it's not something that I even feel like I'm abusing because no but what I'm asking is like have you ever considered actually diving in and asking about that and only because like you see the world in a way that is more I, I, unique than anyone else like... I'm not a hundred percent but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes Sure. I feel like I but, have. But Julian, what I'm saying is like, you no, can no, ask like that, them. That, <laughs> I, that I have asked Oh, okay. Them. What have they said? That I, I think that they they said no. Oh, so much. they think no. No, but like they said that like I had ADD, which sure. okay. that makes but me. But that's everyone. Something. That's all of us. All yeah, of us but like, like I'm that. telling you, man, like I had a nervous breakdown about this. And I, I hope I haven't said this already on this podcast, but sorry if I'm repeating it, but I think it's worth repeating. I didn't take Adderall for like a long time. I was like, oh, I didn't need it. Like, cause when I went on birthright, I was like pretty good without it most days. Like I took it when I got like two hours of sleep one mm-hmm. night. But when I came to LA, like for a long time, I would go through periods where I wouldn't take it. And then like a couple months went by where I wasn't taking it. And I took it again. I had the best day that I had in months. And it, and it felt like that I was genuinely motivated to do the things that I want to do. And like, it was just like my, it was it was easier and more pleasant to be me. Right. And I have an experience with Adderall too. Like I was prescribed to me and I had a weird reaction to it and I didn't like it. Uh, it made me feel very like I have a joke that I've written about it where like I, I'm not the Lorax of Adderall or anything like that. But I remember like when I told the doctor, like, they're like, so how does it make you feel? I was like, I don't even feel it. Like I, I thought I was smarter than the drug. And they were like, oh, that's great. That's what we want to hear. But I know deep down inside, they're like, okay, don't feel it. 30 milligrams. Okay, psycho. Right. But I, I don't know how to describe it, man. It's just I feel, I feel normal when I take it. Right. Yeah, no, and I think that's a really important thing. I'm just wondering if, like, you've ever tapped into whatever that is specifically. Because it seems like, um, and it's bullshit for me to even say this, but I'm going to say this, which is the idea of, like... For listeners, I'm making a thinking face, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is, like, I think because the spectrum is so wide, there are certainly high-functioning people. And David Lynch has never come out and said, I'm autistic, but his art has told me that he's autistic. (laughs) Because oftentimes, because that's what they say, that that these artists... Well, no, 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 hold on. Because what they say is oftentimes, like, people are making art in a void, and they're just like, does anyone fucking 
fucking see me? Like, I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. does anyone see the world the way I see the world? And yeah. then they show you how they see the world. And so that happens all the time. Obviously, we got to be careful and not just say everyone who's crazy is autistic. Kanye, I'm looking at you. Uh, but 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 I do think that it's this this thing that makes a lot of sense if you look at it. You at know? this point, uh, I feel like I, I don't care. I, like, I, I, I got these cards. Like, hopefully right. I have these cards for couple more decades ahead of me you know like i'm i gotta write it out dude like i gotta live my best life as the kids say, yeah but, but julian i think you're misunderstanding me because i'm not saying like oh you got these cards you gotta play it i'm saying you got fucking superpowers man like <laughs> you you see the world in a way that people don't man and I, but what i'm saying <sighs> man, is like it comes come at a on. cost no all of it does like like i think me being a deep empath me being like depressed i can feel people's feelings and it makes me legitimately sad if i see someone crying on the road i will begin to cry it's like and that 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 comes at a cost that's emotionally draining I, I, dude. I mean, like, I'm, I'm very flattered by you saying that thank you but honestly i think that i just i don't know from a young age my brain realized what it wanted to learn and i kept being able to go in that direction and like i've said this metaphor before when I broke through the ceiling of what I thought was like my cap of skill and knowledge in a way, like I broke through and realized like, Oh, there's no fucking ceiling. I'm an idiot. Like it's a fucking sky dude. Like there's, there is limits. There, there is no limit for your potential. It's just how, how hard do you want to look for it? Right. And it's, I remember growing up, my mom would tell me like, I would be like, but, this person didn't have to do this. It's like, not everyone has to do the same thing. Some people, they don't study straight A's. Me, study my ass off D minus. Mm. You know, it's... So, like, dude, maybe I do have a superpower. Hopefully, I can get paid for this superpower one day. I mean, uh, like I was telling you, like, when people compliment me for my impressions and voices, which I think I'm still always getting better at, and some need work for sure, but whenever someone compliments me, it's like a little bit of a reassurance, like, you're you're on a path. It's gonna take time, but it's like you're you're doing something that you have value to. Add okay. To. Well, so but this goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is just like I don't know how to react to that. When I get positive affirmations, I'm just like you're fucking stupid, you're bullshit, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to and I said that to my wife, who I love. The biggest positive <laughs> affirmations were self discovery. I dude. You could say that I have the biggest dick in the world bounce like right off. I mean, don't bounce your dick off my head. That's not what I'm saying. Just get up. (laughs) Oh my God, there's two of them. No, but, but, but my point is, is that like, I dude, there's never like a compliment that's been given to me that I didn't take with like a bowling ball, ball size of salt. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the shit to me, like I have to feel it. Like, and I, Dude, I was I wasn't gonna give up stand up, but I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be one of these guys who just keeps going to open mics, and I'm just not gonna improve." But then I finally had like a moment of clarity where I felt that improvement, and that that's like what I was talking about with that glass ceiling. Like when I was rehearsing for a play at two in the morning on the mm-hmm. stage, you know, like doing this like crazy melodrama. Like it's it it's all internal, like. That's why I think that people like back in the day used to do cocaine. Cause like when you're think when you're mentioning like writing, cause I'm not well versed in writers at all, but I-, I was thinking of like, man, like people like Stephen King, like their work ethic and like him, like taking cocaine, working with his psyche as well as it does. And just like 
creating this like just furious stuff. It's like I, I, I don't know, man. Like he gets told that it's shit, but like he he sees the reactions it has on people, and that's that's all it really is, man. Yeah, that's my thing with Stephen King is very general. interesting. Is every writer has a different process? Like I've had people. I think you asked me one time, like, how is your writing process? I'm like I have no fucking clue. No, but it's you like, shared it on the second episode of the No Friends podcast, and I really like that. Like it was just a basic thing. What did I say? Do you, you mind? Because I was. I think uh, I was no, drinking. No, <laughs> you definitely were, but. Yeah. You were saying how you got your artists to be in the same headspace, and it was simply with music. Like, I was thinking about this. Someone at an open mic today, like, I was doing an improv mic, something I've never done before, where they just, like, pull subjects out, and the guy got music, and he's like, oh, uh, my life is, like, comedy and, like, movies and stuff, which is which is bad. Like, if you like art, you need to be able to appreciate lots of different types of art, because you never know when inspiration will hit you. But right. either way, he was saying he doesn't listen to music. And honestly, to me, I think that music and yoga are definitely like stretching yoga stretching your body and exercise those are definitely three keys to life right no doubt in my mind if you do those things like because like people don't realize it working out they get in a form of meditation and like sure they're listening to music which is i call an elevated form of uh meditation but i don't know i feel like if you have those things and it's not easy to do like i'm, I'm preaching this stuff like I started stretching because I hurt my ass going to open mics, <laughs> literally. Well, I was going to tell you, I mean, you know me. I Since I've moved here and I've only been here for, let's call it 39 days, I've put in like 130 miles in the hills behind the house. You know what I'm saying? Like it's because I do believe that. And the main reason is because I hit this point where I'm tired as fuck and I'm kind of not thinking about anything. And it's amazing. And like those are where the ideas come. Because I do, even though I'm not thinking about anything, I'm thinking about everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like everything is passing like cars on a highway. Yep, and yep, you yep. just like, hey, hey, that one. I know that one. You know what I mean? And so like it is this really interesting thing where I believe that. But I think it's like just trying to improve in general. Like <laughs> me and Max keep joking. Max is like, you're going to become a Buddhist. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I'm not going to be a Buddhist. But but. What I do want to, and I'll ask I you hear this: that There's a Buddhist temple out here that has like, is it lit, there's, dude? There's a oh, membership, and like you stamp the cards I'm ready. every time you go in. I'm ready. Like, it sounds like a dispensary. No, but, but hear hear me out, because what I'm saying though is like, so I got here. We were talking about uh, getting getting ourselves away from unhealthy situations. I've like unfriended people, which I generally, by the way, before mm. this instance, was like, you never erase someone. You know, you never do it. Virtual unfriending and real unfriending. Yeah, I, said. I just don't believe in it. I feel like what you're doing is letting these people further down their echo chamber. But what I'm saying is you have to get yourself outside of these like, right. yeah, you have to you have to get yourself outside of these like situations that are doing nothing but bringing you weird but mental then, anguish. But, you know, it's funny about that when and I totally agree with you because I've been like in like a big circle, like the double toasted spill dot com look it up on wikipedia whole thing but like i that was like my first time venturing into like a little community world and like within those are little communities with these echo chambers and doing stand-up comedy i won't say the name of the club but there are people who like i've only really seen at this one club and like there's there's like i don't know it's just a drop in a bucket is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. you know and and like getting reinforcement in this one place when you have a certain relationship with people is not the same thing of if they don't know you or if they even don't like you and you get a reaction from them, you know, it, I mean, that's specific to stand up, sure, yeah. but it's just interesting, like entering these different worlds and to your credit of what you were just saying, like, it's important to be in multiple ones of those. And I think that's what the problem is, is people, they thought, Ooh, 
Is this a little high horse I have yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck would I get out of here? <laughs> this is my spot. Right. So, I, I mean, I get it, dude, but I've also had my dick sucked, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah, but but I, again, it's just like I'm confused because I don't take praise. I'll tell you this. The first random review of my comic that I got for some fucker who just found it, I was like... <gasps> <laughs> what did he say? He was just like, dude, this is really cool. Like, this is your first time ever writing a comic. And I'm like, it shows. Uh, but but he was like, this is really cool. I can't wait to see where it goes from here. And it was simple. But it was still like, you don't know me. Like, you're not saying like, good job, slugger. I, like, I felt that last night when I was streaming Detroit on Twitch. And this one guy was like, can't wait for your next stream. He was there with like some other guy who was watching in silence. And and he was like happy to be here, and he was there the whole time I was streaming. It was it was it's pretty cool. awesome. We live yeah. a little, in a world where there's a lot of lonely people. Let's can I? Can I you, this is about me hijacking your show, right? Take, take the wheel. <laughs> Have you heard of this? Like the CDC is talking about modern loneliness, like epic loneliness and shit like that. I mean, dude. China's been there for years. They're for sure. Of us. For sure. But now white people feel it. So it's a bigger thing. Yeah. <laughs> and technology is going to back up white people real hard. Right. Like not to be redundant and talk about Detroit again, but like, man, that is. <laughs> it's coming and it's going to be beneficial uh, to one group of people. People are already coming inside these things. If you see what I'm saying. Right. Like, there are robot blowjob machines. There is literally insemination like robots in China. Like, have you seen these horrifying things? No, but you really got to give it to China. They, It's like they read all of Ray Bradbury's work and it's like, can we make him squeal in horror? Because it's like, that's horrific. Dude. Remember in Idiocracy, like how dumb everything was made? Like, imagine like this dick looking thing with like almost like a, like a fleshlight shaped xenomorph. Just like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> like something like that. That's what the thing was. And there was like rows of them. Nice. Like no stalls or anything. Yeah, horrifying. Which yeah. here here hijacking back my own show because it's my show, <laughs> the No Friends Podcast. I'm, what is the worst stall or like bathroom in a public place you've ever seen? I'm gonna set the bar high and at the Ha Ha Comedy Club, which is where I'm inviting you to be later. Okay. Uh apparently in the girls' bathroom and reference the first time I went into the men's bathroom. There was no doors at all. There was just two toilets next to each other. Classic. Pretty intense. But in the girls' bathroom, one of the stalls just has a shower curtain with fish. So it's hot. It's <laughs> so pretty good. Can, can you can you top that? Have you ever seen crazier bathroom? And they have incense burning in there, which I think is illegal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't name like anything that's like it's just various levels of that same kind of fuckery. Like I've been I've been in like dive bars where. I think seen cardboard. Didn't walls. we talk about the drawing room here in Los Feliz? Like, I really love it, but I'm pretty sure there's a there's like a, a unique brand of insect that only lives in the drawing room. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they it's like that's because there's no. I mean, there's stalls, I guess, in the drawing room. But either way, it's just like when we talk about the worst, are we talking about like the worst man-made or just the worst in terms of practicality? Like, well, what's the I, criteria I here? Fucking. Shitty bathroom, pun intended. Yeah, I mean, I've been in bathrooms where, like, shit has been everywhere. And I mean, everywhere. I mean, like, gravity would defy this. Like, Newton's. Street art is getting crazy in L.A. As a physicist in fucking the 1500s was like, this is impossible. And yet I walked into this place and just shit everywhere. Uh, And so I've been really impressed by that. Because if you're not impressed, you have to be disgusted. And uh, blatant segue uh, on my show. Uh, The, uh, what's it called? It's my, sh- my no friends. 
the uh, what's it called? Do you ever feel like within these experiences of going to these quote shitty bathrooms that there was some supernatural things that had maybe caused this? See, here's the thing about white. I, I got dude. I don't believe in that shit. Right. But I have a story for you, man. It's real. Yeah, and, and this is where we get to it, which is like white people have the luxury of ghosts being a cute thing in their lives. Like in Spanish lore, cuckoos, like they're out to kill children. So I, I don't associate nice with the My ghost. My heart was racing last night. But, was it? But tell me if uh, you have anything like, Anything. I mean, I like everyone has ghost stories, man. They're dumb. Like, I mean, like, because it's there's easy, they're easily explained. See, it it like, sounds like, okay, man. This one you could kind of explain it, but the timing on everything was just too wild. That's why I'm trying to give you a chance because I did not. This is the first time some shit like this has happened to me. Like where I genuinely had a cold sweat. I was like, what the fuck? Well, is when I was five, my dead grandfather called to talk to my mom. When that happened. I Wait, mean, like, I mean, that's the thing, right? Clearly, you're five, Christian. You heard someone who sounded like your grandfather and assumed it was him. But there are these tall tale signs. He wasn't a very warm, affectionate guy. He was a guy who'd pick up the phone and just say the name of the person he wanted to speak to. And if that person wasn't there, he wouldn't say, okay, well, tell him I called. He would just fuck off. He would hang up the phone really abruptly. You know, back when men were men, Julian. Uh, men and so <laughs> the phone rings and I go and I'm like, hello. And it's like, Francis. And uh, I'm like, not here. And then it's click. And I'm like, all right. And then I'm like, whoa. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a real good ghost story. I, Although, I don't know if that was real. Though. I agree. I agree. I don't think it was real. Uh, the only other, it's not even a ghost story. It just sounds like a fucking alien story more than anything else. Where they shot Contact, the movie Contact. There's like the satellites up there. Um, and uh, we, for some reason, we're all like, let's go. This is in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Sorry, probably should have set that stage. In Puerto Rico, it's as fine. a child, sure. uh, my dad and a couple people, like f- four or five cars group worth of people, decided they're going to go to the satellite where they shot contact, right? Okay. And so they go and they buy brand new flashlights and they get backup batteries and they get all that shit. And we go uh, to the to, to, to the edge of the forest. And uh, so this is like in the El Junque fucking rainforest area of Puerto Rico. And um, now, again, I'm three or four like I can't tell you I remember this like a picture you know what I mean Child. but 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 I remember like we're going we're going and my dad's carrying me on his back and it's getting dark because someone had the bright idea of doing this as the sun was going down right the rainforest <laughs> of course, it has to look beautiful well the rainforest gets very scary at night and one by yeah. one the flashlights start going out and so we're like, no problem. We have backups. They throw the backups in and the backups die within a couple minutes. And now Crazy. like the sun's going down and we are hustling back because if we don't make it to the car before dusk, we will get lost in El Junque. And that shit is dense, dude. It's a rainforest. Okay. Mm. Uh, and we get, we finally, like I'm freaking out. I remember this. These adults are yelling and shit like that. We get to the edge of the forest and then uh, there's, there's four cars and two of the batteries are dead. Like they won't start now. Now again, doesn't mean fucking ghosts, Julian. I think but it's that a has weird story. To do with like the air, something in the air, bro. No, no, like the temperature or right. some sort of germ or whatever germ. the fuck. Like, what are you trying to say about Puerto Rico, bro? <laughs> you racist motherfucker. I'm just saying, like you're near a rainforest. There's fucking right. bullshit growing in there. Okay, people. Sure. That's damn truth. Nice. But save. so this, the only reason I kind of like. This was freaky, man. So I'm just going to... And the thing that was cool was I was streaming on Twitch when it happened. Mm -hmm. And what happened caused a noise. And it was caught on audio. People heard my real reaction. So this is what happened. I'm streaming on Twitch. 
And then all of a sudden, like I have a book on its side, like on my end table. It's the actor's guide or whatever from Jenna Fisher. I've been meaning to finish it and it's sitting there. And, and I think the air did come on like in the apartment. So it is possible the air was blowing, but I was sitting here where the air was blowing and it couldn't get over to that book. I don't think either way, it's still possible, but here's what happened. All of a sudden the book like plops open and I'm like, I look over and it's on a page where Jenna Fisher is smiling at me. And I'm like, and I say this to the I'm, I'm serious, dude. Jenna I know, Fisher's I know. Sideways but, but, but if I'm a rube for the stories I told, you're a rube for this story. Like she's smiling and you're just like ghosts. Like, here's, here's why I'm like ghosts. Cause I, at first I was, cause I was really tired and I was like, ah, whatever. Like, yeah, if it was a ghost, you know, like whatever, something else would be happening. And I said that as pages were falling, I was like, oh my God, it's listening. Pages are falling. And then as soon as like I said that the fucking book fell. Right. And JHH666 on Twitch, go watch my third part of my Detroit playthrough. It happens very early on. Freaked me out. That was the closest I've ever gotten to like an experience. It, it genuinely gave me chills, dude. Like the book smiled at me. And then as soon as I, like when I mentioned the book, one page fell. But then when I brought it back up and I was like, hey, wait, if if you're communicating with me, fucking start doing shit. And it start flipping and it fucking fell. Okay, but Julian, uh, two things. Uh, let's just start with the obvious one. I'll let you answer in real time. Did you can, did you stop your entire Twitch and then dedicate the rest of the episode to like we got to talk to these fucking guys? They got something to tell us, man. I, like, I did not because I was genuinely freaked out at the moment and I wanted to get through that game. Like, I, sure, you're like, look, this may be proof of the I, afterlife. But I who's got time? It, like, I, <laughs> I brought it up again during it, but I was just like. I don't want to freak myself out. Like, I, I don't believe in Also, Bubby, I got to tell you, you live in a tectonically uh, geological hotspot of, like, anything could happen. That could Nothing have been a baby earthquake. is disproving my story. Because no, but it could be a credible theory. But that's pretty crazy, right? No, I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, it totally it, is. Book smiled at me, bro. I'm just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to man of science this shit. Like, I'm the first guy to die in a horror film because I'm like, there's no scientific way this is possible. But and you're decapitated. not black. Well, I'm brown. And I feel like that's the new black. All right. We're dying in higher numbers on screen than you can fucking imagine. It's incredible. It's but true. We'll see. Heard about um, that new Rambo. Yeah, dude. Rambo is weird. Rambo Listen, was uh, the drug dealers and murderers <laughs> and some of them, the yeah, character plays by Paz Vega is dude, a good person. Like, man, is Sylvester Stallone dies soon after saying this. Now I'm going to feel upset. I love him. Just want to throw that out. There. You love Stallone? I, dude, it's hard not to like Stallone. I had the same conversation with someone because it's like, look, for better or for worse, like, and Rocky became a parody of itself at some point, but Rocky 1 is an unimpeachable great. film. Dude, Rocky 2. Rocky 2 is also it, good, but can I just say that Rocky 2 is a hollow victory? Because think about this. Like, what's no. so beautiful? Uh, okay, you want to get into it? Yes! Finally, we get to dissect the fucking intricacies of Rocky 1 <laughs> and 2. Because, like, Why you... Why are you stopping at 2? I think that the one that I stop at is... This is all his, I've ever wanted. ...where his son was introduced. Okay. That's where I'm like, all right, you're, you're pushing it, Rocky. Well, sure. But everything up to there, if he dies, he dies. Okay, all right. Hold on. No. Cinema. No. Okay, hold Eat on. Eat your fucking heart out, Scorsese. Hold on. Okay, because this is where we get into it, which is just like, like you, as a child... All five. I, I saw these in college. Okay. Well, like as a child, all five of the original Rockies were 
masterpieces. Mm. And then you grow up and you see it as an older person and you realize that the first one is a masterpiece. Yes. And then the rest of them are like, you like those montages and you like those music, so you're fine. But but they're not masterpieces. And what I'm saying here is like, well, hold on, hold on, let me get my fucking theory out, Julian. I mean, it's just that these montages, like, that's a really good form of storytelling. You can get a lot of information in a little time. Yeah, and yet, how do they use that to give us very little information? He's trading. Yeah, that's do you all. Know how strong he is? He split his brain in half. Yeah, Christian. Sly's butts drives you nuts. Is what I'm finding out about you, Julian. Like Jesus Christ. But my point is this. Hold on, hold on. So the first one, right, is a story about a guy who is too old, who thought he might. I had a chance but never got the chance i i appreciate the 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 thing you know i do because you're gonna bring flavor to this but it's like the first movie is about a guy who is supposed to be told that he is unable to do anything mick doesn't want to train him right i think people seem to forget that the first hour of rocky one is really slow and dark and meditative and like mick goes to his house and he walks out it's just rocky being like you think i'm garbage oh you garbage he's beating up his fucking shit and shit like that but at the end of the movie right Mm -hmm. he's gone 12 rounds i guess 15 rounds with the champ right and what's the only thing he gives a shit about right adrian Adrian, right and she and 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 you know like she shares this moment with her he lost the fight he proved to himself he could do it and all he ever needed was this person that was there right Mm. and it's this beautiful fucking victory where like he has one no matter what they say you ever watch louis the show louis okay letterman arc right season three letterman arc where he goes and he's up for david letterman's job and they do a whole david lynch's in it for a couple episodes and shit but at the very end of that arc he goes outside of the ed sullivan theater right on mm-hmm. 6th Avenue in fucking Manhattan right and he stands right outside Letterman's show and he's like hey Letterman I did it fuck you Letterman right and it's yeah, Rocky it's that. Rocky it's yeah. like dude all you ever had to do is prove to yourself that you could do this that's fucking gorgeous dude, that's what I was saying earlier about having like growth it's sure like yeah self epiphany but that's how we view it so it's like Rocky 2 is pretty and he wins but Adrian's at home watching it on telly like it's a, it's a hollow victory there's just something about like dude maybe I, it's the time I watch it but like the filmmaking and the writing behind it and the performances. Like, is it the second movie where he chases the chicken? It's the first movie. Okay, that's only the first movie? Yeah. They did it again. I thought they had a twist I mean, they on did it in the sixth movie. They make him chase the chicken again. I know, <laughs> but I thought they had a twist on it in the second I, one. They might have. I don't know, but dude. I, I don't know, man. The second one, is that the one where they introduce him punching the cow in the butcher shop? Or is that also That's one, yeah. That's okay. Everything okay. you're talking about Every, is that first okay, movie. <laughs> thing is, the first one is really great, but I, I don't know why, man, but I was watching I was loving it. I was just no, having a blast. let me be perfectly clear. I'm having the type of fun that you have watching like a a good Fast and Furious movie, which is an oxymoron, but you know what I mean. Right. Let me be perfectly clear. Like, I like Rocky 2, 3, 4. Like, I, I like those movies. They're fun movies to watch because you like the characters because you like the music and you like to believe yeah, in, like, an underdog. Yeah, like, gonna fly now. And, like, fucking kids are running and shit. <laughs> you know that that fucking, uh, that, that, that synthesizer when he starts pulling away? It's like, He's like pulling away from all the kids and shit like that. I mean, like those those movies are amazing for different reasons. But what I'm saying is the one that's a masterpiece, the one that should be preserved for all time is Rocky One. Rocky Two's mm-hmm. fun. Rocky Three, Clubber Lang. Rocky Four, Ivan Drago, man. Uh, Rocky Four, he saves the world. He saves us from Which, nuclear destruction. Yes. For, because he's like, hey, I know you think a lot of ways about me. I feel a lot of ways about you, but like, you know, and like Russians, hold Which, on. Russians are chanting USA by the end of that movie. Uh, like, it's incredible, but it's not a real movie. Yeah, it's I guess it's, I, it's Fast and Furious 8, dude. It's like what we started. I guess I liked it because I was laughing my ass off <laughs> probably watching it. And I, I, I like bad shit, so. Right. That's why but, but. To, which, is the, wait, which is the one that starts with his brain splitting? 
Like where he's sitting in the locker room and his brain is split in half. I mean, I have to imagine that's... Is that the fifth one? It's got to be Rocky V because he retires in it. Okay. And, and, and Do you not remember the... Oh my God. The climax of Rocky V uh-huh. is a street brawl that's outside true. of a diner. And as a kid, that was my shit. As an adult, I lost my goddamn that's mind. That's the one where it sucked. Yes, that one sucked. It's That was uh, the phantom menace of Rocky Of Rocky movies. films. But to be honest, any the, the Rocky Balboa, the one he did in 2006, was like really good, even though the premise is ridiculous. According to a video game simulation, you would beat this boxer. Okay. <laughs> that one was okay. It was bad. It was... No, but it got to the heart of what Rocky's about, right? He yeah. loses again, but he has this emotional connection now with his son, right? So it like it works. That's Rocky. Um, Creed, I really liked Creed. Uh, I thought it was, didn't it was see Creed good. two yet, I but didn't me too. see Creed two. I thought that it got cartoony by the end. Creed, like it right. was like Stallone, Stallone cancer. You know, like there was no like progression. It was mm-hmm. like, and he's dying. Right. And then they never. Well, I mean, to be fair, movie. what progression do you need from the seventh need, film of the I Rocky franchise? More, no, but when I say a transition, I mean like, okay, he looks normal, beautiful makeup, and now he has gray hair. Right. It was like, oh, like through one edit, he like aged ten years. Uh, like I'm not annoyed by that though. Yeah. It doesn't ruin well, it for me. Like I, I always random thing I sing the praises of. Whoever did the hair of the lady in the Babadook does not get enough fucking credit <laughs> because the progression of that lady like going nuts. I mean, her performance is amazing, right? But you add in the fucking amazing work the lady did with her hair, and you just see how like it's just it's metaphorical, it's literal, it's beautiful, and where is that shit in Rocky Five? No. It's not nowhere. Bereft. Or in Creed. Like it was just I don't know, bad makeup rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Unless it's trying to be silly. Like that was not. Yeah. One day I want to get our boy Andy, what's his name? Mauer or Modger? I don't know. He's got a G in there somewhere. Shrug. Um <clears throat> lives in he lives in East Hollywood. I mean, we could probably get him on here, but he's a makeup guy. And he's, like, really into that world. And it's, like, really interesting. He shows me a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that movie. You know what I mean? Because I forget about it. There's a movie from the 60s called Little Big Man that Dustin Hoffman did. Oh, does this guy have a job that does things? I think so. I know he's, like, certainly hustling to do it. But, you know, we'll see. But there's a film in the 60s that Dustin Hoffman did called Little Big Man where uh, where Dustin Hoffman plays a white man who is raised by Native Americans. And he is 120 years old. It's called Little Big Man. That's literally what it's called. I thought that was called something else. Didn't they reference it on Red Letter Media? It's some, some, no, I'm thinking of some movie about the Middle East and some music thing, but also has Dustin Hoffman. I mean, Dusty was the busy guy, you know, he was out there. He wasn't dressing up as a woman. He was dressing up as another race. (laughs) He had range. That's all I'm saying. You know, back when you could do that. And a vagina, apparently. (laughs) Range, Julia. (laughs) Uh, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's an interesting thing to me in general, that whole conversation and kind of, like, do I mean, we're like an hour in, I know you wanted to talk about things. So uh, do you want to, I mean, I brought up the ghosts. Like that was like the main thing I wanted to bring up. Do you up, really but... believe in ghosts, man? Like, we, no, like religiously you guys, no. cause you just got, we, we hang out in the no. ground, right? Yeah. I like, don't believe in ghosts. That's yeah. why I'm so fucking afraid guys. Cause they're going to want to get my attention even more. I don't know, man. I, I don't believe don't in ghosts. ghosts are going to go the path of least resistance, Julia. They're like, they're going to go after a level five susceptibility. They're not going to go after you. Like All I'm saying is I was, I was grade A spooked. Like that was the realest scary moment I've ever had happen to me. Like if you saw that in a movie, you'd be like, okay, where's the thing with the giant mouth that keeps going? Like, right. where's that? But I don't know. It spooked me. I wasn't Which, there. That's something we can talk about. Like every horror trailer, like 
like I hate these days that I'll see something like that looks kind of good. Like, have you seen the trailer for Boy Two? No. Okay. Well, I didn't see this original movie, but apparently, Boy like one. There, yeah, boy one. Sorry. There's uh, the twist. I mean, it's about like these people who live with a doll and like you never see the doll move. One of those, but spooky things uh, are happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it, yeah. the the ending, I haven't seen this, but the ending, it turns out like that Lurch lives in the walls and he's been responding. That's why they're hearing voices or whatever. But in this new movie, they have like this boy who has like weird behavioral issues, like who's like, he's killing animals. That's weird, you know? And then he finds a doll and like there's a shot in the in the movie where the doll goes, you know, like shit like that. But right. there was a moment near the end, like just when I'm thinking like, Oh, this killer doll, maybe it like at the end, it's like, and the mouth opens up and flies come out. I'm like, yeah. Oh, we sweet. just got lazy. Also a robot. Well, we just got lazy with the same three images. Like horror became imagery driven. That's why I mean, things are like, you including really like long hair. Like over the yeah, face, yeah, yeah. We mouth, got like fingernails mouth. and yeah. See, like, I like that fingernail stuff. Like you know what moment I like that was really good and spooky with fingernails was uh, in District Nine mm-hmm. when like his his fingernails just start popping off. Yeah. I wrote a short film called Just a Bite, and it's about this guy who like gets like bitten by this like creature, and then like he turns out to be a vampire. And I, when I was writing the transformation scene, I had it where like. When he presses his hands on the ground, like they all his nails pop out at once, and then like the claws come out. I I think that shit's spooky. Fucking with your teeth and nails, like that's yeah. Spooky. We got to get Andy in here because he's a creature feature guy. We can get him to build us like a spook monster. You yeah, know what I'm that'd be pretty fucking. I would cool, love but... to have someone go. Ooh, dude. Let me, all right, well, let's let's end this on a little like film history trivia thing. But okay. let me, let's ask Ju- Julian's favorite. Dot dot dot. All right, Julian. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite on-screen transformation? You're talking about writing something that has a giant transformation in it. What is one that you saw in your life that was like, holy shit? And there's obvious answers here. but Yeah, I mean, like, my point that I was going to say, because I thought maybe mentioned this to you last time we talked, but my, my teacher was like, so, you've seen a werewolf in London, huh? And I was like, mm, no, I haven't seen it. Because then I realized, I was like, wow, I thought I was hot shit. And I wrote a variation of that, basically. Uh, but my creature... The way I designed his teeth were toothbrushes that were made into shivs in prison. They go like, mm, nice, like that. He did right? hard time at some point. Yeah, this yeah. fucking wolf. No, but like that, that's that would be like the shape to describe. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as favorite transformation, I don't want to give the cop out answer of werewolf in London, even though that is probably the best one. But besides that, I I disagree that it's the best one. Okay, yeah, go on. And, but I think that that is objectively the best one. Is but, it? You know what? I'm, I'm going to give a silly answer because it's one of my favorite movies. The moment in Crank High Voltage when Chef Chelios turns into a kaiju version of himself. Mm. Okay, that's a good answer. Like, I'll, 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 I'll think about something. No, no, that's a fine answer. Like, I was like, that's just like a funny kind of answer. I was a little. I just like. I think. The, I think Goldblum and the Fly is. Oh, or, yeah. that's objectively that's the, one, the best one. I think. I think yeah, the ending. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, amazing. Yeah, I, that. Yeah, I would say that that's pretty neck. It follows a basic tenet of horror, which uh, the only other person who's ever done successfully is uh, is Carpenter, which is just like. But you've seen American Werewolf. Of course, I have, and like, it's wonderful. Dude, there's long takes. Well, it's Rick Baker, man. It's Rick Baker. Like, it's and Rick. Okay, good. so to that level, Thriller, same fucking dude, the guy who did Thriller, right? The Even music video. Landis, the director, and the uh, art 
the, the special effects guru, Rick Baker, did Thriller. They also did American uh, Werewolf in London. So it's like, yeah, like the production value certainly was there. I'm not taking anything away from it. You know what I mean? Uh, let me think. Another good transformation, uh, Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead. Oh, that's a good one. Like yeah. where they... But that's interesting because the camera hits him because it's a recap of the first film, essentially, the yeah. first five minutes. And then the camera does that thing where it hits him at the end of Evil yeah, Dead 1. and then he spins around. Spins around and then he just falls face first. And In the water. Bah! Yeah. But out. like also the way that they made the effect of him like coming down from that like they talk about like having like a mold of his face and waving his fingers and they injected right. milk into it and they just uh-huh. played the reverse of it i think that specific moment i'd say but yeah because that that ending of the fly man but if you want to get deep on it go real real deep with it and this is a total spoiler for the movie uh the transformation of mustache man villain from the hunger games uh character change in uh What's it called? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. I was going to say David. It's Donald Sutherland. Yeah. 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 Dude. That's the best version, too, is that one. Dude, you don't know if that's him lying or pretending to do that or if he really is one of those. Yeah. That's my favorite part of those movies in general. It's just. That's See, my favorite I had thing seen in the that world. meme. Like, I had seen that yeah. dumb, but then when I saw that in class, this is what my face was when that twist happened. <laughs> I was just like petrified because I was just that yeah. is man that's one of those horror films that gets away with so much with so little yeah and talk about transformed characters dude how about this here I got a question for you Christian all right best or favorite crazy thing that you've seen like creature thing get like here's my answer like maybe this will make sense like an example something like this I know it's like not well said at all <laughs> but the uh the the dog the human face dog in invasion of the body snatchers um, that, that freaked me the fuck out sure yeah i mean like in recent cinema the one that really fucking sticks with me is uh annihilation when oh the bear that freaked me the help, fuck out dude help. yeah no that that I was some nightmare shit dude i love that movie i like it better i think than uh yeah. Um, the only other thing I would say, and it's it's weird. It's not a great um, analog, but Under the Skin with uh, Curtis Hansen directed. It's got Scarlett Johansson. I probably have recommended it to you already a couple yes. times. Yes. But it was shot like uh, like real low key, like almost documentary style in Glasgow, mm-hmm. using real fucking Scottish men as actors and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and it's just about this alien that essentially learns to become a human throughout the end of it, mm-hmm. and then at, right at the end gets confronted with the worst of humanity. It's really fucked up. It's really hard to watch yeah. but there's like sort of a creature element to okay. it there so oh, thanks for not spoiling yeah, Ooh, yeah here's another dude best transformation this one we have to i'm glad i thought of this i would have been pissed dude the transformation in gremlins 2 of that one gremlin <laughs> right. into the spider gremlin yeah that is that's masterful filmmaking you know dude. i got like what 20 movies outside and gremlins 2 is there twice <laughs> like i love <laughs> I gremlins 2 yeah, that, yeah that's no that's that's my shit man i totally agree and also just from a practical standpoint it's like amazing I like Gremlins 2 so much more than Gremlins 1. I know this is a debate. I, Gremlins 2 is just so much fucking better in every imaginable that's way. How, I mean, yeah, like it's one of those sequels that just says, oh, you want us to like hit the pedal and go? It's like, oh, right. we removed the brakes. Yeah. So don't worry about that. But no, um, dude, how it's long great. has this been recording thing? Yeah. thing we're, we're an hour and four in. So. Hour and four? Yeah. Oh, dude, we could go for like another 20 minutes unless you have to roll out soon. Uh, I don't know what time, time. it is. Well, it's like 3.50. Yeah, we can probably go for a few more minutes, yeah, man. man. It's up to you. Yeah, let's see. I mean, we could... 
Well, you wanted to rant about this fucking movie, didn't yeah, you? I yeah. guess I could just do that. Do I have anything more interesting? No. I mean, we could talk about the Oscars a little bit. All right, yeah. What do you want to talk about? The Oscar results. Yeah, but what specifically do you want to I talk mean, about? I, there isn't much to say. Like, it's a big win. It's like one of the first years in a long time where it feels like the proper movies were awarded. And that one movie that no one thought was going to win any awards ended up winning, you know, a couple. That one being Ford and Ferrari. Which, Which by the way, Ferrari. let me tell you, I, I binged all of the, like, the couple that I hadn't yeah. seen yet. And I watched Ford versus Ferrari literally last of all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, and that movie deserves a lot of respect because James Mangold is a fucking great director. Okay. And even though I, it, I bet it's no, great. it's it, dude. Like on a script level uh, and villain level, it is remember the Titans. It is like so by the numbers. But Mangold is such a fucking good director that every race scene is so frenetic, and so you never lose track of where you are. Cool. Or or they can be a disaster if the person doesn't know how to edit them all together. And it won best sound editing and best film editing. And I'm like, if there wasn't a word to give it, it would have been that award. Yeah, I I definitely remember that. I- I said on one of the episodes, I really wanted Ad Astra to win that award. I watched that too. What did you think of it? I actually really liked the movie, dude. Dude, everyone, uh, a lot of people I know are like, man, it's like a boring ass perfume commercial. Well, and it's uh, totally Joseph Conrad. It's Heart of Darkness. It's but, it's Apocalypse Now. It's going further down the river to meet Colonel Kurtz. It's yeah, like, dude. but it's space and, and there's an emotional connection because it's his fucking father. So what did you think of it? Uh, overall, I really liked it. I mean, like, so here's the thing. What I would have, my, my note um, mm-hmm. is get rid of about 60% of the narration because less is more on that. You can yeah. do it a Terrence Malick tree of life way. You can just have narration every 15 minutes and it still works. We don't need all of that stuff. The baboon scene belongs in a different movie. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't fit with that movie. It was great, though. It does not fit with that movie. I disagree. At all. What, I, I, what about that movie previous to and after, subsequently, is that a part of the movie, Julian? like, what a good movie will do is it will, like a joke, it'll do a setup, and then the punchline will be that, like, hard left turn. Like, dude, I did not expect that opening scene that that movie gave me. Like, where he was just working on things. I was like, okay, like, you're just doing a cool visual. Like, I'm into it. But then, like, it turns into this fucking intense moment. But but, but the the moment's in the trailer. What do you mean you didn't know it was coming? I I didn't. I still didn't. The minute he's up there, I'm like, oh, this is from the trailer. He's about to fall off this motherfucking thing. I didn't didn't put that together. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that's fine. And maybe I didn't even see the trailer. That's possible. But I I had only seen, like, that one, like, shootout on the moon that they did, which I also. Right. I thought that was cool. Like, it was just. I like when a movie can confidently go, hey, this is our world. Deal with it, okay? Yeah, but 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 again, and I love you, but you have not satisfactorily answered why that baboon is a part of deal with it. Like, everything else, like how slow and meditative it is, the fact that it doesn't give you what you want, that is 100% being like, deal with it. Like, I like that movie because it was a big budget sci-fi but, movie, and it was just a meditative, weird, fucking existentialist like, what, movie. What was wrong with that? Like, it made sense. But in what context? How does it make sense? It says fucking put animals in space. It's science shit. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but that's not but that's not that's not an answer for your story. Dude, it's it's one of the many sentences going across the universe. What does it do to enhance the story? What is hold on, hold on, hold on. What does it do to advance Brad Pitt's character arc? What does it do? It's it's just another challenge for your protagonist to get through. Yeah. Okay. So now you're going to talk Campbell. As you know, I'm a student of Campbell, right? Here of a thousand faces. Hold on. You're saying trials, right? So the road of trials is the fourth part of your journey, right? I mean, I'm just saying like everything in a story, you always want to add in as much conflict as possible. Like yeah, but, that's what it's about. And that, but, but, that but, fit to me. 
But it, but it's conflict that amounts to no personal growth and does nothing to the overall story. I I think that it's not about growing from that. I mean, it's I mean, in a way, he does right because he lives, he survives. I don't remember if he gets hurt or anything like that, but I think he goes through some sort of physical change. What's the physical change? I don't know. Maybe he gets scratched. I don't remember. No, but exactly. but, but but it's not like it has to do something like uh, again. There's, there's this multiple is just, types of changes. This is writer brain, dude. This is me just being like every... I know, but this is what they taught me in film school. Like, there's multiple changes. There's multiple layers to conflict. Like, it can be internal, it can be external, it can be a blend. Like, it's I don't know. Like to me, that makes sense, dude. What was one of the first things they sent to outer space? Say it. They sent dogs out, monkeys and, and stuff. Yeah. What's a monkey? Like a chimp, what, what, like a, a humanoid, a uh, anthropomorphic. Yeah, and, a and, hum- what's, yeah. and, and what was on? Like, do you see? Like, you don't. Come on, you see what I I'm see saying. it, but what I'm saying is that it doesn't work for the movie. I'm not saying, oh, what? it's out. Why is there a monkey in space? No, I'm not <laughs> saying that. Like, sure, like we've established the rules. We've established we've gone out to the. I'm not yeah. mad about that. What I'm mad about is it's the scene that takes up five minutes, but doesn't do anything to make his character right, re- realize, gonna... discover, or change. And so for me, it's five minutes of the movie where I'm like, visually, this is fine. I like all of this. It doesn't fit for what the rest of the movie was beforehand and what it isn't. He's already a conflict with himself, the whole fucking movie, Julian. Like, he hates his father, and yet he followed right in the footsteps of this man. In a way, like, yeah. Like, to me, the whole movie read as someone who's like, it, even if, like, the deep meaning behind it to me was like, even if you have religious parents, don't fall for their bullshit, maybe. Sure. Because they might just be crazy. Right. And, I mean, if I really wanted to be like, man, like that's just like a reflection of like a past human self or like there's there's some I would have to see the scene again to say something way more concrete but that that makes sense to me like what well, I I just don't understand why understand why you don't think that's not like just an okay conflict for him to have like it's it's an adventure dude well because like all right so the moon fight mm-hmm. right he's on his way to forward the momentum of the plot and the story and in a place that they've established as like the equivalent of a country Las Vegas. Sure. Right. It's lawlessness and whatnot, but mm-hmm. still that conflict, right. Where he's attacked, where he then has to kill people when mm-hmm. he has to drive people. And what it does is it, it shows you who he is in combat. It shows you that he is cool and calm and it also progresses the fucking plot of the story all while giving him actual conflict, both internal and external. The bullets are are damaged, right? The bullets can kill him. Uh, Also, he just took a life. So there is, there's emotional, emotional turmoil on both sides. Uh, So when you look at the baboon scene, it doesn't really do any of that. It's cool. It's a fine idea. And I like the visuals. What I'm saying is that it doesn't fit the overall narrative of what that guy was going through before and after we see him. He falls off a thing. And I know they cut her out of the movie hardcore, but Liv Tyler's character like is disassociated. She is so despondent and disconnected from her husband. Mm -hmm. This man presumably has felt that way about every other human being his entire life. He can't even be close to his wife because his father ran off and abandoned the family and shit like that. And then when you get to the end of that movie, spoilers, by the way, where, He's just like, home. I haven't thought about you or your mother in 60 years or some shit like that. Yeah. Right? You're like, he's a villain. Like, this guy just spent his whole fucking life, went to the furthest reaches of the goddamn universe for this guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's a horrific thing. But you can follow that from lonely guy gets even lonelier because somehow in the solitude, he thinks being close to this fucking mythical father figure is going to bring him some absolution, but it doesn't bring him anything. You know but, what I mean? I like, mean- you don't want to have like the same type of, you know, emotional conflicts over and over again. I mean, something like that, it just, it felt like extreme out there, but still grounded in the, in that movie's way. 
Like that movie has a very particular tone where it's almost like Black Mirror Plus. Like one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he's on a commercial rocket to the moon mm-hmm. and he gets a blanket. And they're like, that'll be $125. I was right. like, ah, I love that. That's cute. Right. It's like a play on the world we live in. And to me, like, remember in, have you seen Snowpiercer? Is that a movie that you don't like? Not some, people, some people don't care for it. But like the monkey to me is the equivalent of when they went in that one train car and it was an aquarium where mm-hmm. it was just like, ah, like, look at like, just, just to give you like a drop in the bucket, dude, of like what is out there. And again, like it made sense. Like it, that one. Yeah. But that was out. playing with class systems and shit like that. So that makes sense that there were, you know what I'm saying? Like Snowpiercer is very much talking about income yeah. inequality and the same way the parasite was just with a sci-fi bent, you know, mm-hmm. genre, are the clothes we wrap our stories on. We're telling human stories always, whether it's in space or the old west you know what i mean so um but still it's like overall i really liked the movie that's just one thing i didn't like and i thought some of the narration got grading other than that i really liked it and i was like brad pitt i thought did some of the best muted like anytime the father stuff had to land he fucking hit it dude, yeah, dude i yeah. think that he really sold his performance and i think that the sound design of the movie it's in great. particular was wonderful really fucking good yeah. but i guess not everyone likes Bamboo. Again, the lighthouse got nominated for cinematography only, and it deserved to be nominated you for like so much. Lobster, don't it's you? my favorite part of that fucking movie. It's so good. <laughs> I don't man. know, man. That first fart, like the yeah. reveal that. He well, I think the third or fourth face. part is also equally impressive. Yeah, but like <laughs> that first one, it's like, dude, you just farted in his mouth, man. And the biggest praise of that, and this goes to like sidebar. This will be a nice thing to end on. They need to change like. The nomin like the categories for the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. and one of them should be best animal wrangling because <laughs> the seagulls right. in fucking lighthouse. I'm not kidding. Yeah, those are brilliant birds. I read an interview with that guy whose job it was to wrangle them, and it was fascinating. <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, he was that? just talking. I mean, he was just talking about like, yeah, it's a dream job. You know, get to hang out. Seagulls, they're nice. I do this anyway. I get paid for it. This is cool. Sounds like I have other dreams, but more power to him. He's great at his job. <laughs> I mean, like he he's not working a day in his life if he loves what he does, man. That's all I'm that saying. That seems but... like work to me, and it also sounds like work that smells like bird shit. No, man. Apparently, they're real respectful. You know, they shit out in the oceans or whatever. But, but... like. I think that they do need to add new categories for I think there should be a best uh like composite actor thing. I think I think when Circus was doing those Dawn of the Planet of the Ape movies where he was just doing like dude, incredible I hated when he wasn't getting nominated. Well, okay, he's I thought you were saying such... you hated those movies. I was like no, he's phenomenal, he, man. Dude, he's yeah. one of my heroes. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, uh, like I dream to do what he does. One but day. but but these pioneers very rarely get the recognition in their time. That's why oh, I'm yeah. really glad he's directing Venom 2 even though Venom's going to be terrible. But like I'm glad oh, someone like Andy Serkis you're talking about. I can't wait. And well, as I'm saying, I think Andy Serkis is a really great director who deserves a shot at great like AAA budgets to do whatever he wants. He's also doing a CGI Mowgli. Yeah, Mowgli was cool. Uh, it was pretty good nightmare fuel. He, he did. Um, he's doing an Animal Farm CGI thing where he's playing like half the animals oh, and I'm like get, fucking give it God. to me like Dude, yeah. did I, ever, I don't know if I've ever told you about this. And here, another segue, because I want to mention this. This is cool. And we have the camera, and I'll take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. I saw an off-Broadway performance of Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. And the actors who played the pigs did this really subtle thing. The whole time, they're walking around like this. Then at the fucking end, dude. They, they, they split it open. Yeah. Mind fucked. <laughs> like... Dude, well, talk about fucking you know. transformation. Full circle here at the No Friends Podcast. <laughs> we put the circle in and circle no. jerk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 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 
And then we pay it up and we realize we've just been jerking at each other the whole time. Like My dick is that yeah, big. It's wonderful. Uh, I don't know how we top a fucking uh, circle jerk joke at the end, man. No, I just wanted to say they should have a nomination just to bring it a couple circle. more circles. We have circles on our circles here. Right. Uh they need to have a category for stunts, dude. People do crazy, stupid shit oh, for yeah, these awful totally. movies. Like that guy, some guy I'm sure got really badly hurt doing Jumanji 2. I'm sure at the same Come time, on. though, let me tell you that I think it's an industry that's largely dying out because practical effects are going by the wayside. There's more uh, <laughs> hand-to-hand combat coordinators than there have ever been, mm-hmm. but like car drivers, explosion coordinators and shit like that, those fuckers, it's all CGI now, man. Yeah. Because again, it's like, remember when they like introduced those stealth planes, those pilotless drone stealth planes? Yeah. And they're like, why would you send a man into war if you could send a machine? It's yeah. the same fucking concept, I guess. So I think it'd be interesting to celebrate stuntmen now, but I think the heyday is gone. And just to add another circle, but aren't we all just biogenic or bio? Aren't we just like machines that are natural, like that are nature. Aren't we nature machines? Sure. I mean, they say our brains compute like a computer computes, right? So in theory, yeah, we're all animals, man. Do you believe in the simulation theory? Like, is that your deal? No, no. no? I don't. I don't have a deal. I wish I had a deal. If anyone has a deal out there, please reach out. I need an overall deal from Fox. I'll yeah. take a. I'll take an exclusive look from Warner Brothers, though. All right. Have we have we hit the time? Oh yeah. Frame that I oh, want to hit. We're good, man. Okay, we're good, we're good and you're good. Thanks. No Friends Podcast. Plug your shit. Oh, yeah. Okay, me. So, uh, Little Fire Burning website where your show is on. LittleFireBurning.com. Yeah, that's a good one. Where's my burrito? Oh, that's my show. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of cool shit coming out. I'm excited to talk about it. When we're we're, we're going to do a live stream. I mean, this is why we're doing this episode. Practice. As a practice. We're, we're kind of getting the studio. We're going to put up a better backdrop and... And, uh, you know, Harley Quinn won't be here. Luckily, let's just show it for one second. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get it. Match cut. Match cut. Match cut. Match cut. I'm, it's the same thing. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, cool. So that's where you can find me and all that jazz. And Julian, yeah, I turn it back over. at Hemendinger, H-E-M-M-E-N-D-I-N-G-E-R. Follow me on Instagram. If we all follow each other, then we're all influencers. Oh, wait. Can I come back Think then? Think about the future. Can yeah, I? Dude. Yeah. Uh, at Christian.Monster is my Instagram. Find me, motherfuckers. All right, cool. Yeah, because if we all follow each other, then we all get paid, and then we're all big booty bitches, and who doesn't want to be a big booty bitch? Uh, but yeah, check out this show. Look at my Twitch. I mentioned it already, jhh six six six. To see if any more ghosts will haunt me when I play video games. Okay, goodbye. Turn it off. Turn it off.